Well, good morning, Restoration Church. Pastor Kevin here. I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this online service this morning. Whether you are watching from Yakima or someplace outside of Yakima, I am so thankful and blessed that we have the ability this morning to be able to, to worship God together through worship, uh, to be able to study scripture together now. And hopefully to be able to connect with one another. That's one of the goals for these online services is not just to worship together and study scripture together, but to engage one another. So please say hello in those comments. Uh, let us know you're watching. We'd love to be able to connect with you. Uh, if you have questions about Restoration Church, about your faith, we'd love to engage with you on those as well. As we jump into our teaching today, I was thinking... I I love kids' movies. I've got five kids, so I've seen a few in my day. And one of my favorite book, one of my favorite movies is the movie Hook that stars Robin Williams as a grown-up Peter Pan. I know what you're saying. You're saying, well, Peter Pan, he wasn't supposed to grow up, but like so many of us, he did. And so in this movie, Robin Williams, this Peter Pan, he takes himself a little too serious where he, he loses the ability to have fun. He's got his career. He's got serious matters of life to, to figure out. And so he loses his ability to have fun and it creates these issues in his family. It creates issue in his, his marriage and just creates these issues. So then uh, Hook, uh, Robin Williams, Peter Pan, is taken to Neverland to fight against Hook. And while he's there, he, he comes to the Lost Boys, to Rufio, who's the new leader. And Rufio says, there's no way that this is the Peter Pan. He's too serious. He doesn't know how to have fun. And I love because this movie, uh, Robin Williams, he rediscovers what it looks like for him to have fun. He rediscovers how to have fun and actually finds that learning to have fun strengthens the relationships with his kids and his family, strengthens the relationship with his marriage. It makes him a better person. But let's just be honest, how many of us find ourselves in the situation that Robin Williams was in this movie where we kind of forget how to have fun? And that lack of fun begins to affect our relationships. See, here's what happens in relationships. You don't start a relationship having a bad time, right? There's no girl ever who falls in love with a guy that she's totally bored with. She says, man, it's so much fun dating this guy who does nothing. That's not what any woman has ever said. In fact, if you are married, I want you to think back to when you were dating. Think about some of the things you used to do to have fun, to pursue your mate, to make your mate laugh. Uh, I, for me, uh, I'm a terrible singer, like just terrible. Uh, one time I was in church and they said, Kevin, would you sing a solo? Solo, no one hears you. I'm terrible at it. But I remember in high school, uh, I, there was this green-eyed, curly-haired girl that was beautiful, and I really uh, enjoyed her. And so I got some friends together, and we lip-sing a song, and came up with a dance, and did this whole spiel just to try and impress this girl, to do whatever I could to have fun with her, to make her laugh. Same thing with your kids. When your kids are young, man, you're going to do all sorts of things. You're going to get on the ground. You're going to play. You're going to wrestle. You're going to play make-believe because you want to engage your kids and have fun with them. But at some point for many of us, the Robin Williams hook syndrome takes over us. Or maybe we change a little bit. Uh, maybe we've got a career in some uh, difficult things to deal with. Maybe we've had some disappointments in our relationships. We begin to take life a little too seriously and we lose the fun, we lose the romance, we lose the adventure, we lose the, the spontaneity and the whimsy 
in our relationships. And soon our relationships became nothing more than just business relationships. Or with our family, we're just roommates living under the same roof. We've got entirely different lives and we're just going through the motions. This morning, if you have a Bible, uh, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 17 that Erica read for us this morning. We've been in a series for the last month uh, focused on relationships because the reality is not many of us have had a lot of training when it comes to skills in our relationships. And so what we've done is we've looked at a number of uh, skills to help us improve our relationships with our family, with our spouse and our workplace and all these different places where we have relationships with people around us. We said first and foremost, the foundation for a healthy relationship is that we have the right order of relationships, which means that we are to seek God first above everything else. And all of our other relationships, they flow out of our right relationship with God. The second week, we said in relationships, it's not how you fight. No, we said it's not whether you fight, it is how you fight. We're always going to fight. Anytime you put two sinful people in a relationship, there's going to be friction. So the question is how we fight. And so our, our second week, we learned how to fight fair out of James, out of, out of the book of James. And we learned it is being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Last week, Pastor Jake taught us how we deal with the annoyances that happen in our relationships. How there are some things we just choose to resolve in our heart to let go. There are other things that are significant, and so we confront it and we bring it up, and we choose to forgive and to forget about it. Today, today we have a really important message that's actually a pretty simple message, emphasizing how important it is for us to have healthy relationships that we continue to pursue fun in those relationships. Listen, today, as we go through this idea of, of pursuing fun, I'm going to talk primarily towards marriage relationships and relationships within families, but these principles apply to any relationship you find yourself in. So I want you to hear this message today and figure out what God wants you to hear and apply to your life. Proverbs 17, 22, it is not a verse specifically about relationships, but if you stick with me, I think the principle we learned from this verse will apply to our relationships. Here's what uh, Erica read for us this morning. She said, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. I want you to notice in that verse that there's nothing that indicates that the circumstances in this person's life would result in a joyful heart. There's no good circumstances here. In fact, we read that medicine is needed, which tells us that the circumstances are not ideal. So a joyful heart, a joyful life is not the result of good circumstances. It's not because everything's just right. We've got a good relationship. We've got a good job. We've got a good life. So what is a joyful heart? What is a joyful heart? A joyful heart, joy is a gift from God as a result of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we center our lives on the gospel, on what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross, when we allow our identity to be centered into God. The fact that he loved us and he gave himself for us, when we allow our life to be centered on that, the gift that God gives us is a joyful heart, a heart that can enjoy life because we are secure in God. And this is so significant as to why we have to root our, our heart and our lives in the gospel again and again and again. 
And so what he's saying here is, is we can experience a joyful heart as a gift of the gospel, and that acts like good medicine for us. I want to geek out just a little bit to make sure we understand this verse. In the original language, this is a causative tense, which means that, that one, of these thing, one of these things causes something else to happen. So you would say a literal translation of this verse, a literal translation is a cheerful heart where a joyful heart causes good healing. A cheerful heart, a cheerful, a joyful heart is medicine for our soul. It causes us to have good healing. Now listen, Scripture is not ridiculing antibiotics or medicine. It's not saying don't pursue those things. But what Scripture is saying here is there is a relationship between the condition of our heart and the condition of our body. There is a connection between our physical health and our emotional and spiritual health as well. To help us understand that, uh, there's a doctor by the name of Dr. Norman Cousins who was on the medical staff at the UCLA School of Medicine. And at some point, he was diagnosed with this rare, strange disease that uh, destroyed the connective tissues in his bodies. And so the doctors sent him through a battery of these expensive tests and ultimately concluded, listen, Dr. Cousins, there's nothing we can do for you. This is a degenerative disease. It is terminal. You have probably a year left to live. Dr. Cousins says, well, you know what? I'm not going to give up. So he enters into this exercise regimen, begins to eat healthy, a lot of kale, uh, gluten-free stuff, whatever it happens to be. But he did something else that was a little bit unusual. He's doing all this health stuff, and he decides to get a projector. And he begins renting all of the Marx Brothers movies. He begins renting all the Three Stooges shows. He starts watching all the Saturday morning cartoons. He did this for hours a day where he would drink his vitamin C and he'd watch the Three Stooges. And what he found was, was 10 minutes of a good hearty laugh would result in him having over an hour of being completely pain-free. So he did this over and over and over again, watching these movies, drinking his, his vitamin C. And one day he goes back to the doctors and doctors say this. They said, listen, Dr. Cousins, we don't know what has happened. You had an incurable disease that was terminal, but as far as we can tell, you are completely cured. In fact, Dr. Cousins lived for another 20 years and wrote a book by the name of Anatomy of an Illness, which makes the point of how mental health, which means our cheerfulness or our lack thereof, has a tremendous impact on our sicknesses if we are healed and how quickly we are healed. And I love this because what Dr. Uh, what Dr. Cousins learned is the same thing that Solomon wrote about 3,000 years earlier, that a joyful heart causes good healing. In fact, I decided to ask a few medical people that we know around Restoration Church. I tried to ask them and ask them, hey, have you seen a person's outlook or cheerfulness have an effect on their sickness and their healing? And one of, one of them responded and said, the main difference I've seen in people with a chronic illness is that those with genuine joy do not define themselves by their illness or symptoms. They know how to be well despite what might be going on biologically. Another one of them said, 
Um, a patient's in palliative care, which is a care that shifts the focus from curing the disease to quality of life. He said patients live longer uh, in palliative care than those who refuse that care, even those who continue to be treated, even though the cure was unlikely. Those who chose quality of life would live longer than those who didn't. Finally, another, uh, another one of our doctors said this. They reminded me of a great movie. They said, have you seen the movie Patch Adams? which is a fun way where we can see how laughter and joy has an effect on medicine. Great movie, highly recommend it. Listen, I imagine for some of us watching this this morning, I imagine this is a word from God for your soul today. That as you find yourself dealing with physical issues, find yourself dealing with, with chronic pain, debilitating things in your life, maybe finding yourself uh, dealing with grief over the loss, loss of a loved one, I want you to know God sees you. God sees you. And God wants to encourage you. He wants to encourage you to seek Him, to experience uh, the gospel, to experience Him giving you a joyful heart and see what God would do in your heart and in your life. But today in this series, we're not talking just about physical health. We're talking about healthy relationships. And I want us to see how this principle that a joyful heart brings healing applies to our relationships, right? I mean, here we are in the midst of, of COVID and many of us are, are acknowledging, listen, our relationships have been stressed. We're spending more time together. There's been issues that haven't been dealt with. And so there's just more stress in our relationships. And I believe, listen, I believe just as a joyful heart can bring healing to our body, I believe that joy in our relationships can bring healing to our relationships. I'd say here's the principle I want you to hear this morning. Simply, that fun is a key element to healthy relationships. That if we're going to have healthy relationships, we have to invest relationally. We have to invest and pursue fun, things that bring joy in our relationships. In fact, as you might think right now, you might think about your relationship with your spouse, maybe your relationship with your parent, relationship with a child, and you find this relationship struggling a little bit. You find it difficult and there being tension in that relationship. Listen, seeking God first is so important for you. Learning to fight fair is essential. Dealing with the little foxes is necessary. But I'd say, to, I'd say to you today, rekindling some fun in that relationship may be the most healing thing that you can do to bring healing in that relationship. It's rekindling, remembering, pursuing, intentionally saying, let's go have some fun. In fact, here's, here's the application of this message. Here's what I'm asking you to do. And it's going to look a little different for each one of us. What I'm asking you to do is to, to let loose, some grab, to, to grab some pixie dust and rekindle having fun in your relationship. That I want you to think about the relationships that matter most in your life, or maybe think about the people that matter most in your life. And I want you to take those people and do something fun this week. This week, you've got seven days. Go and do something fun. Go on a hike, go out to eat, go watch a movie, go shopping. Uh, get your nails done if that's your thing. Play board games. Whatever it happens to be, take that person you love and go and have some fun. Because I believe as we, as, as we intentionally pursue fun this week, 
and as we intentionally pursue fun even beyond this week into the future of our relationships, that along with these other things that we've learned, man, we will have healing in our relationships. Listen, there's two types of fun I want to encourage you to pursue. The first type of fun is a face-to-face fun. Gentlemen, I'm not talking about making out with your wife. That's great, but that's not what I'm talking about. Face-to-face fun is when we get together and we can enjoy each other's company face-to-face and be able to have dialogue and communication and be able to talk with one another. In fact, if if you're married, remember back when you were dating your spouse? Remember way back when you were dating, how you could spend hours on end, hours upon hours just talking on the phone, engaging with one another. But it almost seems as as we get older, there's more going on. Our face-to-face conversations become more business-related. Like, okay, well, you take her to ballet, and I'll pick him up from uh, soccer, and we'll make chicken thighs for dinner, and you stop and get milk because we need milk on the way home. And our conversation doesn't become uh, uh, intimate. It's not engaging. It's just business-related. This is where for us face-to-face, we have to find a way to talk and to get our hearts to connect. Something other than just the business of life. Listen, generally speaking, generally speaking, women crave this type of fun more than any other. Men, generally, we want headlines. Women, they want details. This is why women can go on and on and on about things and you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about but because she cares about them. When we listen and we engage in those areas, she experiences intimacy in her relationship. And she says, man, that was so fun to be able to be talked to and engaged and listened to and interacted with. My wife and I, we love going to the movies. I enjoy movies. But movies are are not necessarily a face-to-face connection. So she would rather that we go out to dinner, that we go get coffee, because then we can be face-to-face. We can talk and engage and connect. Man, if you are, are married, if you're a man today, I want you to ask your wife this week, listen, how can I have face-to-face fun with you? How can I engage your heart? How can we connect on a heart level with you? Second type of fun that uh, you can pursue is a side-by-side fun. Generally, this is the type of fun that men prefer. This is a type of fun that is just us hanging out, doing something together. This speaks value in the fact that we're doing this together, uh, where you, uh, it becomes an incredibly bonding experience just to be side-by-side doing things together. So in fact, for us, it's kind of a dumb thing, but the past couple of summers, I've played City League softball with guys from the church. My wife, I don't think she's ever thought, I want to go and watch middle-aged men try and relive their glory days from Little League by playing softball. But I'll tell you what, when my wife comes and watches me, I am jazzed. It means something incredible to me. This is that side-by-side fun. Let's go and do this together. Listen, I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe for you, side-by-side fun means you're going to go play some board games. You're going to go mountain climbing. You're going to go watch the Seahawks. Whatever it is, it is side-by-side is doing something together. Here's one of the keys for this idea of of either face-to-face fun or side-by-side fun. is we have to remember what it was like when we were pursuing our significant other. We have to remember what it's like when we're pursuing our kids, when we're prioritizing our kids when they're at a young age. When we're doing those things, we did things we wouldn't normally want to do. 
We sacrificed and gave in order to do things with someone else to pursue their heart, to express our value to them. Which means, gentlemen, if your, li- if your wife likes to go shopping and you don't, guess what this means for you? That you might have to go to TG Maxx. You might have to smell every one of the 4,952 candles they have at TG Maxx to find the right one. Because that is how you will express your love to your wife, by engaging with her. That means, ladies, you might have to go and, and play a round of golf or learn how to shoot a gun because that is how you're going to express your love and have fun with your husband. And what happens? Here's what happens. When we are willing to to try some new things, to do some things maybe that we wouldn't want to do, but it speaks value to our spouse, we begin to find a sweet spot of things that we enjoy doing together. Ways that we can have fun face-to-face, side-by-side that we enjoy doing together. Again, my wife and I, we have found that, that hiking and walking is our sweet spot. We both love the outdoors. I love to explore. And so when we go hiking, when we go on a walk, I get to explore and we get to talk about life and and all that's happening. And it's a way for us to connect. And it is something that we both get done and say, man, that was so fun. Our relationship is stronger because we do that. My wife and I, we love to travel together. We love to, to cook together. And when we intentionally do these things together, man, we get done. We say that was so much fun. And our relationship is so much stronger because we intentionally pursue these things together and have that type of fun. What does that look like for you this week to pursue fun in your marriage? And listen, this goes beyond just a marriage relationship. This goes for parents and children as well. Parents, do you know how kids spell love? T-I-M-E. That's how they spell love. And oftentimes the question is, well, well, what's more important, quality time or quantity time? My answer is yes. They are both significant. Listen, I'm thankful. My kids, they love sports. I love that. I love the fact that we can go play a sport together. We can watch sports together. We can talk about sports together. I love that because it just gives us the ability to enjoy something together and have fun together. But what I've realized within the last couple of years is as a dad, my, 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 the things I enjoy have had to grow because my kids, their interests have changed and their interests have been different than mine. The things that are fun to them are different than what I would say is fun. So for example, my boys have all gotten into Lord of the Rings and they've gotten into the, the Marvel superhero movies. Listen, I grew up, that wasn't my game. That wasn't my thing. I wasn't into that at all. But because I'm willing and wanting to engage my kids' hearts, I'm, really to, I'm willing to go into their world, to go to the things that they find fun, to pursue those fun things with them. Listen, I still have to say, okay, help me understand who this superhero is, how he fits into it, but I engage with them and pursue fun on their level. And it does tremendous wonders in our relationship. In fact, as kids get older, as kids move into young adulthood, it is so much more significant that as parents we focus more on the relationship, on engaging their heart and, and pursuing fun rather than us trying to control our kids' lives and lecture them on how they should live. In fact, there's a book that I've been reading and in the book, uh, there's a young adult uh, daughter who's just making foolish decisions in her life. Her dad becomes concerned. Her dad says, we're going to go out to dinner and he's got a list 
of all the things she needs to do differently. And he sits there and he lectures her. Listen, you can imagine that goes terribly. That conversation goes terribly, creates this uh, further uh, gap and division in that relationship. And the dad's like, you know what? I got to figure something out. I got to figure out how to engage my daughter. So he says this, I'm going to put my list aside. He says, honey, let's go, let's go skiing this weekend. He picks her up. He takes her skiing. They ski all weekend. They have all sorts of fun and doing all sorts of, of great things. And guess what happened by the end of the week? She said, dad, I'd really like your input. And he, she seeks his advice over some of those issues that he could have lectured in. But because he pursued fun, because he pursued her heart, prioritized the relationship, man, that opened the door to allow that influence. Listen, healthy relationships, healthy relationships, we have to intentionally invest in those relationships. That means we have to pursue fun. We pursue things that bring us joy. And I believe that as we pursue fun in our relationships, listen, I believe there is healing available to us this week. So that's the challenge for you. I want you to schedule fun this week. Schedule something to do that is fun, that is different than what you normally do. Make it a priority. Listen, if your spouse, your parent, your child, listen, if you find them trying to do something new and different this week, you're like, man, that's just silly. Why would I want to do that? Listen, if they are trying to pursue fun with you this week, would you just go with it? Would you just go with it? Would you give them the benefit of the doubt? They love you enough to try and pursue fun with you, to, to strengthen your relationship. Just go with it. Listen, I don't know where your relationships are, but I would say this, life is all about relationships. It's all about our relationship with God and our relationships with one another. Listen, Restoration Church, I love you all, and I wanna see the relationships in our church strengthened. The relationships in your marriages, in your, with your kids, in your workplace, I want to see those relationships strengthened. And that's where these principles that we've talked about, about, about seeking God first, about learning to fight fair, about dealing with the, the little foxes, and about having fun, this is why I think these things have tremendous impact in our relationships if we will do them. And now I want to point us back to Proverbs 17, 22. A joyful heart is like a good medicine. It leads to healing. Listen, if your relationships in your life need healing, if you're saying, man, I've got some hurt, I've got some brokenness in my life, listen, I want you to hear that a joyful heart is the remedy. That, that, that as uh, your heart, uh, a joyful heart is not found in your circumstances, a joyful heart is not found in, in you trying harder to uh, find it and to achieve it and to earn it and to make yourself have a joyful heart. Listen, a joyful heart is a gift from God, a gift from God to you as a result of experiencing God's grace and his love of Jesus that he's offered through the cross. So I invite you today, I invite you today, would you, would you surrender to God? Would you invite him to be Lord of your life? Would you experience the power of God in your life today as he takes the heart of stone and gives you a heart of flesh? that you would experience the gift of God, of having a joyful heart. And that as you, as you embrace the gospel, and as you experience the gospel in your life, that you would watch as God, despite your circumstances, as God brings healing to the hardest parts of your life. I love you all. I'm praying for you. Let's pray.
God, I want to thank you for just this conversation the last couple of weeks dealing with relationships. God, I do pray that you would bring healing to our relationships. I pray for those uh, marriages that are struggling right now, that there's animosity and division and hurt and pain. I pray for those relationships between parents and children and children and parents where there is pain and hurt and difficulty. I pray for the relationships that are are struggling. I pray for the the, the co-workers where things are, are, are not right. God, I pray that you would bring healing to our relationships. God, I pray that you help us to live out these principles that we would do what we can, that we would be willing to, to prioritize you first, to seek you first in our life. And that God, that would bring healing to our relationships. God, I pray that we would fight fair, that we would be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger, and that would bring healing in our relationships. God, I pray that we would deal with the little annoyances we have. Instead of letting them fester and becoming big, I pray that we'd have the, the boldness to confront and deal with them. And there'd be healing from that. And God, I pray that we would pursue fun together. And that, God, there would be healing through that. Lord, I pray this week that we would be intentional to actually do these things, to actually go and pursue fun, that we would look at our spouse, we look at our kids, and we say, how can I have fun with you? What can we do that would connect to your heart and speak value to you? Lord, I pray that we would have the, the willingness to be selfless, to give of ourselves, to do some things maybe that aren't our favorite thing, but do it because we love the other person. And that, God, you would begin to rekindle that joy in our relationships. And that, God, you'd bring healing through that. God, I love you and I praise you. I thank you that you care about us. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to the cross in our place and that God is a gift of that. We can have this joyful heart. God, we love you and we praise you and we ask this in your name. Amen.